Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The hero we deserve. Gabe Neitzel, ladies and gentlemen, filling in for the big man, Chris Carlin. My name is Joe Fortenball. We are Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is our number three, which means it's time for the championship rounds of the program. We got a lot of big NBA for you this weekend. Nuggets at Lakers, Saturday, 8 p.m. right here at ESPN Radio. Mavericks at Sixers, Sunday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio. Sounded like you had something to say there. Me? Yeah, I thought I heard no. an, an exhale, a, a air escaping the breath into the microphone, thinking to myself, here we go again, Ford ball rambling too long, not giving everyone an opportunity. No, that must no. have come from your, that, that must have been Evan, because I had my microphone off, just kind of enjoying the uh, all the different NBA action that could potentially happen this weekend. It's, it's possible. a busy weekend. It's possible, with as much of a big mouth as I am, that I was talking and also trying to interrupt myself to get something in at the same time. You... It's possible that I tried to interrupt myself. You also needed to take a breath. You had gone so long without letting anyone else talk that you needed to take a breath. It's just natural. When I first started on TV, I had this ridiculous habit where I would go. on. It'd be like they throw to you for a game and you start laying out your points. And I would get to a certain point and you would see me choke. And then you would see me reset and continue with the sentence as if nothing had happened. I would choke. I would run out of oxygen while I was talking. My body would choke. And then I would get a breath of air and I would continue on with the analysis. And eventually everyone's like, you know, you're doing a real nice job on TV. We, you you got to remember to breathe. And I had no time for it. No time. I got to get the picks out there to the people. Thankfully, I have not killed myself giving out analysis. Imagine dying like that. How did he die? He ran out of air talking about the <laughs> Wizards-Lakers game. Really had a great nugget on why the Wizards were going to finally cover a spread. My God. Which they did last night. Yeah, they did. Okay, give it, give it, bravo if we have a round of applause for the Wizards <laughs> showing up and actually making a couple plays last night. I got the, Let me throw this note at you before we continue. Uh, Trailblazers. 0-9 in February. Wizards, 0-12 in February. First time two teams went 0-9 or worse in the same calendar month in NBA history. Again, round of applause if you got it, Handman. That is staggeringly bad basketball. At a time of year with the All-Star break when you could probably take advantage of at least one team looking ahead to vacation. 0-9. For the Blazers, 0-12. I don't think anyone's told them Wembenyama is already in the NBA. He is not in this draft class. You are doing it all wrong. Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. All right, let's get to work here. NFL Combine in full swing in Indianapolis. The New England Patriots have become a very interesting topic of conversation because earlier this week, speculation started mounting. Well, you know, could they keep Mac Jones? And if they do, do they trade the pick? And if so, who do they trade it to? And if they stay put, who are they going to bring in? Do they draft Marvin Harrison to give Jones a weapon? A lot of speculation. Dan Graziano, our own NFL insider, ESPN. Here's what he had to say regarding the belief around the league. This is just a quote. 
So after the whole speech about how I'm running out of oxygen, we're just going to fit. Not just only keep my going. words, just we're going to other people's words to me right now. All right, from Graziano, the belief around the league is that the Patriots plan to pick a quarterback at number three or move up to take one, not trade down. They're also poking around on some veteran quarterbacks in case the guy they take isn't ready to play. Jacoby Brissett, Joe Flacco are names that we've heard. Elliot Wolf, Patriots director of scouting, at a press conference in Indianapolis, was talking about this regarding the quarterback position. When you look throughout the league, most of the quarterbacks are first-rounders. Um, I think there's exceptions to be had, like you know Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, and Tom Brady. But I think just the, the league-wide understanding of how important that position is and how important it is to have somebody there that can help you, you know, win games and get over the hump has, has changed league-wide. Okay, so there's two ways to look at this. What do we think they should do, and what are they actually going to do? Gabe Neitzel, what do you think the Patriots should do at three, and does that line up with what you think they actually do at number three? I don't think Mac Jones is the answer. I don't think they want to give Mac Jones a fifth-year option. I think they want to pass on that, and it just doesn't seem like it. It seems like now is the time. You've moved on from Belichick. You have a new head coach. Elliot Wolf, I guess, is the de facto GM. He's the director of scouting, but he's going to be running a lot of their draft stuff here upcoming. Now's the time to hit that reset button because you have a top three pick. You are in position to take one of the better quarterbacks in this draft. And the way that everybody's talking about Jaden Daniels, that could be Drake May. Somebody that we've been talking about for over a year is a part of a great quarterback draft class because this guy is going to be awesome. So to me, what I think the Patriots should do and what I think they should, what I think they should do and what's going to happen to me are the same thing. They're going to take a quarterback at number three. That sounds like a guy who realizes an Elliott Wolf. We're in a position to take a quarterback. We need to take a quarterback with this pick. We're not going to get cute. Let's go one step further. Is it possible that they're thinking even more aggressively? We've linked Washington to trading up with the Bears. Again, this is under the assumption the Bears would keep fields because if the Bears are picking Caleb Williams and that pick is not on the table, is it possible that if the pick is on the table, New England could be as aggressive as a team thinking, hey, let's go up to one and let's get our guy for the future? Yeah, again, it all comes down to Chicago, but okay. I can see them being aggressive. That seems like a guy, again, Elliot Wolf. How many general managers have come out and said, hey, we understand this is where you get the quarterbacks? Right. It feels like every once in a while teams try to get cute and like, well, I mean, Jalen Hurts was a second rounder, so we should be able to find one in the second round too. Or like what, what, what uh, Tennessee did a couple of years ago when they took the uh, flyer on Malik Willis, and that did not work out at all. All they needed him to start some games late in the season, and they ended up going to somebody else. Like they brought in somebody else off the street. Like teams try to get cute too often at that position. That doesn't sound like somebody who's going to get cute. If the Bears are willing to deal, it seems like Elliott Wolf could be that aggressive guy going, Yeah, if you're going to give me the best quarterback in this draft, I'm going to go find a way to get it. Yeah, if you're New England right now, I mean, this is the absolute perfect time to just start a flat-out rebuild, get things in order, get organized, get the right people in place, and more importantly, take your time. Be patient. Robert Kraft doesn't strike me as a guy that just promoted Gerard Mayo and is looking at him saying, you know what, if we're not in a Super Bowl in 18 months, you're out of here, pal. Like, no, they understand what they're dealing with. It didn't go well the last three years under Belichick. It's not going to be something where we blame Belichick for it. You just have to understand the reality of the situation. You're no longer the cream of the crop in the AFC. You're no longer the king of the hill in the AFC East. Those other three teams are better than you. Buffalo is much better than you. Miami's better than you. 
With Aaron Rodgers, I would like to believe the Jets are better than you, but you never know. Jets could find their way to an 0-17 season. It wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility with what the Jets could do. So if you're New England, think to yourself, all right, the AFC is completely stacked with good teams and good quarterback talent. Our division is stacked with good teams and good, 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 good quarterback talent. We don't have any of that. We're not a good team right now. We're sitting here with the third overall pick. Let's get our guy. Let's take our time with him. Let's build him up. Let's figure out how to get this thing in play. And in three years, let's try to make a run at it. Not all that unlikely, right? You could even bring in, and this has been suggested, and Wolf talked about this, bringing in a veteran to start so that whoever comes in at number three can sit for a little while and learn from the veteran. You don't need to throw him right to the wolves. What do you think of that? Yeah, I like that plan as well. You take a look at some of the, the way a lot of these guys have had success. It is kind of taking your time, especially if you're not coming from the SEC or the Big Ten. Like even playing in the ACC at this point, like Drake May has, like that's not as good of a conference as some of these other places. And maybe sitting for that little bit isn't the worst idea. We saw it worked out for Patrick Mahomes, certainly worked out for Jordan Love. And, and, I mean, I don't think you want to sit as long as Love did for three years because then on the back end you don't get the benefit of having that cheap quarterback. But sitting for a half a year or a year, especially for somebody like Drake May, I don't think is the worst idea. And I, I don't know if Mac Jones is the guy to then bridge that gap. Maybe you force him to do it for one year because you still have him under contract. Yeah, hey, give Maybe me a bulletproof shield. Yeah, but you bring in that veteran quarterback that you know and, and you're perfectly clear like, hey, the reason why you have a job with us right now is to help us develop this guy and kind of, you know, just be able to be efficiently run games and run the offense we're looking to do. And you know you're not necessarily auditioning for the next job. So a Joe Flacco would make a ton of sense to me in this situation if he wanted to come in and start versus stay in Cleveland and be a backup. Do you get aggressive with who the veteran could be? Do you maybe make a trade with Seattle to bring in a guy like Geno Smith who costs about $22 million this year and shows he could play? Or is it all about going cost-effective, guy that's probably not going to win a lot of games like Flacco, not to knock him, but he is an older guy at the end of his career. There's a reason he was on the couch last offseason. You bring a guy like that in who's so cerebral and has had such a great career as a pro, he can teach you the intricacies of being a pro. You think that's the more prudent approach? A guy that's probably not going to win, but he's going to show the young guy how to do it. Kind of like how, wasn't Josh McCown that guy for a little while at the end? Yeah, Josh McCown, I feel like that. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was that guy for about yeah, seven different teams. Good, that's a good example. You know, where he just kind of bounced around being that that stopgap quarterback. To me, especially when the Patriots are picking three, giving up anything to go get somebody like Geno Smith just doesn't make a ton of sense. You have a lot of holes, and you want to take the lottery ticket of maybe you find a sixth-round pick, and that guy ends up being a starting guard for you for four or five years. I think you want to try to keep all that draft capital that you can and not spend that necessarily on somebody who's only going to help for a year. It seems like you should be able to acquire that quarterback that should be able to help you via free agency, and that way you're just paying the guy and not paying him plus giving up any sort of draft capital. You and I have been working a lot together over the last couple of weeks. We had a quarterback matchmaker draft we did with draft prospects and free agents, and we linked them to teams as we drafted through. You had Russell Wilson of the Patriots. He'll probably come cheap once Denver's done with them. Denver's paying the bulk of that salary, if not almost all of it, so you could get him for cheap. What about Russ as the veteran option in New England with a young kid learning behind him? I feel like you would have to do a lot of convincing for Russell Wilson to step into a situation when he's talking about on podcasts. Oh yeah. I want to win a super bowl two out of the next five years. Like it would have to be pretty desperate for him to accept a job as a, 
just as a you know stopgap quarterback and, and just, oh, yeah, I can go out there and help bring this guy along. I don't think Russ thinks he's in that point of his career. Now, I think he could be an option to be the starter if New England sits there at three and they don't like Drake May. Like If they're out on Drake May and out on J.J. McCarthy and don't like any of the other quarterbacks in the draft and they're really only like Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams and can't trade up for one of those guys, maybe they do talk themselves into Russell Wilson as being the guy going forward. One note I want to throw out there for the crowd that, no, you don't tank. You always play to win. You always play to win. I want you to go back December 24th, week 16. Patriots were sitting there as a three-win club. They were a seven-point dog in Denver, and they went out and they beat the Broncos, giving them their fourth win of the season, giving the Washington Commanders the number two overall pick and relegating New England to number three overall. So if any New England fans are sitting there going, man, we'd really rather have Jaden Daniels over Drake May, or we'd really rather have Drake May over Jaden Daniels, you don't control that. Washington does, assuming Caleb Williams goes one overall, because you had to go out there and win that game on December 24th. During the time period when we talk about tanking, everyone screams and yells about how you play to win and you don't go out there and lose football games. Well, now we're at that time of year where we're talking about franchise-defining players, and had you lost that game to Denver, you'd be sitting at two rather than three and in a much better position to control your destiny. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fordenball. It's time for a little pool party. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Slide on your speedo. Chris Carlin in the his house. Put on those floaties and grab a margarita. It's a Carlin versus Joe pool party. Happy Friday alongside Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Time for a little pool party. Here's how it works. We're going to bring in our producer, Evan Wilner, and he is going to present a series of pools to us. Pools of candidates, pools of teams, pools of individuals. 
We have to choose our best option from each of the following pools. Evan Wilner, welcome to the show. Fire when ready. All right, so you put this on ESPN Bet. You can take the Celtics or the Nuggets at plus 115 or the field at minus 150. That's one bet. Let's break it down even further. To win the NBA title, are you taking the Celtics, the Nuggets, or the field game? Okay, so just to be clear, Celtics, Nuggets, and the prop he laid out, Celtics, Nuggets are together versus the field. You are now breaking it up individually. The Celtics are option one, Nuggets option two, field option three. Gabe, go ahead. I am going to take the Celtics. Give me the Celtics over everybody else. I just like the, I like where they're at right now. I think they've learned some lessons from a year ago. Some of this kind of feels like it hinges on the health of Kristaps Porzingis, which has been good so far this year and is a little bit of a risk, but they've just looked so good. They check every box. They, they check do. every box. I'm definitely not taking the field. I'd, I'd, I'd love to find someone in there where I can make the case, but the thing is Boston's got experience. They've got superstar talent. They play really good defense. They're deep. They have a lot of scoring options. My only concern is head coach Joe Mazzulla and whether or not he's able to manage some of these tight late-game scenarios. That doomed them last year. And Jalen Brown as well. That's one thing with Brown. It feels like if Brown is red-hot shooting, when they need him late, he just starts passing the ball. And when it feels like Brown's having an off night, Late in games, that's when he's jacking up shots. Feels like he doesn't know when he's supposed to be the trigger man in these late spots, but we'll see if it plays out the right way. I think I'd agree with you, though. I like the path in the East for the Boston Celtics. From the field, who's the biggest threat? Option one's the Timberwolves. Option two is the Bucks. Option three is the Suns. Option four is the Clippers. And we'll give you a fifth option, the Thunder. Gabe, biggest threat from the field. I am going to say the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves do a lot of the same things that the Celtics do. Not as gifted offensively, but that defense, man, it is long, it is lanky, it is athletic. And I think that they can have a crunch time score in the half court that you need in the postseason. That's where Anthony Edwards comes in. He is having a phenomenal year. I would say the Timberwolves would be the biggest threat in the field because of the way they play defense. I think it's the Bucks. I think if they're, you know, we sat here for the first half of the season talking about, look at all these problems in Milwaukee. They fired their coach. They're not playing any defense. And yet they still were like 20 games over 500. <laughs> and then Doc comes in and they're not winning right away. And everyone's panicking, talking about Giannis leaving. And I mean, Gabe, you're based out of Milwaukee. You talk mm-hmm. about this every single day. So you know the story. But then you sit there and you realize, look, these are star players. Dame Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's a lot of good pieces on this roster. Why don't we try something very unique in this world? Why don't we give it some time? And I'm not talking three years. I'm saying let's give it a month or so. And hey, would you look at that. The Bucs have figured out and they're playing great basketball. I'd say the Bucs. The next face of the NBA. Victor Wembanyama is option one. Giannis Antetokounmpo is option two. Anthony Edwards from the Minnesota Timberwolves is option three. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander from OKC is option four. Gabe, next face of the NBA. Good choices. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be Giannis to me. I mean, the guy just had a Prime documentary come out. He's already had a Disney Plus movie made about his life. He's everywhere internationally. He's got his own shoe from Nike. To me, it's Giannis, and he... He very well may be in that conversation for face of the NBA very, very soon because of all of the different media outlets that have covered his life and his story. Giannis is absolutely the front runner, given what he's accomplished to this point, and we've heard from him. Here's the thing. I don't know what Shea Gilgis-Alexander sounds like. I just don't know. I can't picture the voice in my head. That's a problem for the face of the NBA. 
I really don't know a whole lot about Anthony Edwards, but I did see him in that Adam Sandler movie, and I liked his character. I think he's got a world of potential. Wembenyama is awesome. They got to start winning games, though, because if you're going to be the face of the NBA, you got to win some games. So that's more on the Spurs than anyone else. I'll go with Ann Edwards. I think he's got the personality. A deep playoff run will get people focused on him. We'll get to know him, and his star will explode. The stats and the talent are there. We just need the personality to pop, given the right opportunity, and that could be this postseason. What's next? Which team takes the fourth quarterback, assuming quarterbacks go number one to the Bears, number two to the Commanders, number three to the Patriots? Which team takes the fourth quarterback? Option one, the Broncos. Option two, the Falcons. Option three, the Giants. Gabe? I I keep getting split on whether or not I think the Falcons are going to be aggressive after their own guy or just go for Kirk Cousins and say, hey, we think Kirk has a few years left. We're going to ride it out with him with some of the young talent we have. So I'm going to say the Giants. The Giants are sitting there at six. Maybe they decide to move up to four to make sure they get that. But the Giants seem like the most likely team to end up with, I guess, J.J. McCarthy. But they're going to take the fourth quarterback. Broncos. I'm going to say Broncos. I think the Falcons are going to solve their issue in free agency. So I think they'll be out of play. And I'm looking at this Broncos team. They got a ton of money in terms of the ownership group. I don't think the ownership group really cares about swinging and going after it. And Sean Payton's going to get antsy. He's going to get real antsy. He He's going to feel the pressure of everyone saying, oh, yeah, it was Breeze when you were in New Orleans. Look at you now in Denver. He's going to get antsy. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver tried to make a big splash here. All right, Justin Fields' team in 2024. The Bears are option one. The Steelers are option two. The Falcons are option three. Gabe? I've been saying the Steelers for a long time with Justin Fields. I I just think that him going there makes the most sense. I don't think the price is going to be too high. The Steelers, because they're a team that's constantly picking in the mid to late first round because of their team success, they got to take a flyer on someone, and this seems like a perfect guy to take a flyer on. Give him a year. See if he can be your guy. Kenny Pickett's not the answer there. Give Justin Fields an opportunity with some of the weapons you have to see if he can be your guy to lead you to a deep playoff run next. What were the options again? I got Tessator up on TV in here reading one-liners for tomorrow night's top-ranked card. I'm, like, fascinated by it with all the hand gestures. I completely lost. I know the topic. I didn't hear the teams. Steelers, Bears, and who was the third? Falcons. Falcons? We don't have the option of going with someone else. Correct. Then it's probably the Steelers. Yeah, given that scenario, I'd say the Steelers. I mean, Big Ben, big physical guy in Pittsburgh, would fit the mold. I think a lot of people would be excited. Played his college football at Ohio State, right across the state border. You can get people going. I just, this field's market is going to be fascinating to me. Because I think so many people have heard a lot of guys on TV, hey, the Bears should keep fields. Fields can play. Give them some time. It's possible that there are a lot of teams out there that are like, no, he can't play. He's not going to be the guy. I'm glad I'm not testing that, making that decision. I just got to figure out what I'm going to do for lunch. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus John ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The Celtics have been the best team in the NBA all season long. But there's one thing that has been missing from their resume. We're going to tell you what that is right after I tell you about this from our friends at Vivid Seats. Secure the seats. And the memories this year from Vivid Seats, your home for every slam dunk, every slap shot, and every stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From buzzer beaters to walk-off home runs, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. 
Just visit VividSeats.com or, or, excuse me, download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sunday on the NBA on ESPN Radio. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Dallas Mavericks sitting on the edge of the playoffs. And they go head-to-head this Sunday. I do think Dallas legitimately could make a run. Coverage begins at 1230 Eastern with tip-off at 1 on ESPN Radio and on ABC. Presented by Indeed. But before they get to that game... Dallas has the Boston Celtics in Boston tonight. That game is on ESPN at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. On the call for that game, Ryan Rucco, ESPN on NBA, kind enough to join us here, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Ryan, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining the show. A little bit of administrative work right off the top. Luca questionable for tonight with uh, an ankle injury. He sustained the last time out in that big birthday performance against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Any insight? Insight as to whether or not we'll see him for tonight's matchup. Yeah, you know, he's still questionable. Uh, the only insight I have on it is Cassidy Hubbard, our outstanding reporter, and our good friend was at uh, Mavs shoot around. And Luca um, said he's hopeful he's going to play, but it was bothering him. So um, I think it's, uh, I think we're, you know, we're cautiously optimistic, but not out of the woods uh, on that front. So that tear for Luca has taken him from 13 to one to five to one in the MVP odds since the second half of the season started. What's been the key to success for this great run for Luca? I mean, you know, first of all, he's, he's just ridiculous, right? I mean, he's just so good, but I, I think he's shooting even more efficiently, you know, over this, this stretch of time, as good as his, his numbers have been overall uh, this year when it comes to the efficiency, you know, these last 17 games, he's shooting 51% from the floor. He's over 38% from three, you know, which is just a tick up from where he was um, prior. And the Mavs have just been playing incredible basketball. I think the new pieces have fit nicely with Luka uh, as well. Kyrie has played great. 
Um, Kyrie and Luka have been so good in the second halves of games. But I think, you know, the the part of Luka that is better this season, most noticeably better compared to anything we've seen in the past, is his defensive contribution. Not to say he's a stalwart defensively, but uh, he's averaging a career high, one and a half steals. Since Christmas, he's uh, among the league leaders in deflections. And uh, I was looking back at my notes from when I had the Mavs in their opener against the Spurs this season in Victor Wembanyama's debut. And Jason Kidd, I just said, we need Luka to be a participant on defense this season. And he has been. <laughs> and, he, and, you know, that's the thing. This Dallas offense is so dynamic that if they're just okay defensively, which they've been better than okay over the last few weeks, they're a dangerous team. And, I, you know, I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be stunned because Luka is such a bad dude if we go into the playoffs and teams are like, you know, that is not a team I want to see. Ryan Rucco joining us here, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You know, we'll get back to the game in a second. You mentioned Victor Wembanyama. What a performance last night against Chet Holmgren and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, I guess we expected a solid individual performance. I don't think we expected the Spurs to win that game outright. We were talking about this earlier in regards to Wembanyama and whether or not he's met or exceeded the hype coming into this year. How do you see it? Well, I think he's – what's interesting is I think his performance has exceeded the hype um, for what we'd expect from a a player – who's a rookie or, or exceeded what would be, you know, even remotely reasonable expectations. The hype is the interesting word, right? Because when your team is not winning, your individual accomplishments do tend to droop behind the limelight a little bit. If the Spurs right now were in a playoff race, right? I think that what he was doing would be just, you know, top of sports center every night type news but because the spurs have been so bad as a team this season i do think it has directed us a little bit away from just how good he's been individually there's something about that that's encouraging to me because in a time where you know things are digested in smaller and smaller bites it's nice to know that winning does still matter which is obviously what we what we see happen over the long form of a game rather than just a highlight moment Um, but obviously that's not on him. He's doing everything he possibly can in a limited amount of minutes to try and make his team a winner. He just doesn't have the requisite help yet around him. But I think, I mean, if, I mean, all you need to do is look at that 2010, five and five blocks in a seven game span. First to do it since David Robinson, the only other do it Kareem. It's just, you know, that's one nugget, right. That, that he has over this, this recent stretch, but you just look at the things he's accomplished. It's absurd. And here's the thing about great NBA players. What we know is when you are truly, truly great, eventually it translates to wins and losses. The reason Luca is so scary is because that man doesn't just put up numbers. He affects wins. Victor Wembanyama is very close to affecting wins in a big way. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see a serious leap in that department next season. That's how good he is. Ryan, Celtics are running away with the East. Jason Tatum not getting a lot of love in the MVP race. Do you think with these two big national games, he can vault himself into contention this weekend, into that conversation if he has a couple of big games? You know, I think he can, because the reality is we are all susceptible to narrative. 
And the same way that Luca has thrust himself more into the race with the way he's played recently and having a 30-point triple-double on his 25th birthday, you know, Jason Tatum absolutely can as well. What's difficult for him is he has so many quality teammates who are also having career seasons, right? Whether it's Derek White, whether it's you know Jalen Brown's efficiency and his defense, whether it's Kristaps Porzingis and and how effective he's been uh, just, I mean, really all over the floor. But when you talk about from three, he's shooting a career high from the floor. Talk about him as a defender in the pain. He's, he's third lowest field goal percentage as a contesting defender. Point being, Drew Holiday shooting a career high from three. Point being, there's so many guys around Jason Tatum that are having career years or close to career years that, of course, sometimes it's hard to single one individual out then from that great team. But if he goes out and has monster performances and his playmaking has taken such a leap this season um, and the Celtics, you know, look like they're in a completely different class than Dallas and Golden State in these two games, Friday and Sunday, tonight on ESPN and Sunday on ABC, then I do think it could start to drum up the attention a little more, especially, I mean, who knows how Denver plays the rest of the season. Obviously, seeding is going to be, a little more up in the air than it was last year. So you'd expect Jokic to get uh, a hearty amount of minutes. But if for some reason Denver had any slippage because they know, hey, ultimately they're going to be okay no matter what, and, and Jokic you know, didn't have the same kind of uh, you know, electrifying finish, then it opens the door a little bit more for a Tatum or a, or a Shea or a Luka. So, yeah, I, I do think there's an opportunity here for Tatum to – to vault himself into the conversation a little bit more. Ryan Rucco, ESPN on NBA, joining us here. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Celtics running away with the Eastern Conference. It's been a tremendous season, top to bottom. One thing that stands out to me, and this isn't meant to knock head coach Joe Mazzulla. He was a rookie coach last year. He was kind of thrust into the role at the last minute. It's not as if that was pre-planned. They get to the postseason. They have a solid run, but there were some awkward late-game scenarios where it looked like, you know, in terms of game management, strategy, timeouts, decision-making, he was still finding his way. Again, natural for a rookie head coach, but it was an issue. Do you see that as something that's been corrected heading into this year's postseason run? I do. I do. And it's funny because you don't – what I'm about to say, you don't want to overinflate, but – we get to meet with coaches before every game, right? When we do a national TV game and, and, uh, and it's the best, it's the absolute best part of our prep. Uh, and it's also one of the things that helps us feel like we're part of the NBA fraternity and, and you get to know guys. And, and it is interesting how, when you meet with a coach, you can get a feel for their confidence, their, their grasp of things, their knowledge, there's limitations to it, but there are some guys who really stand out. And to me, the difference between Joe Mazzulla last year and Joe Mazzulla this year is night and day. His acumen was always there. His thoughtfulness was always there. His intelligence was always there. But his confidence and command this year is completely different than what at least I observed in that room last year, which, again, its tangible effects are up for debate. But to me, it's significant because you need – those things, right? You need that confidence. You need that command in those tight postseason moments, in those situations you're talking about. I, I think that, you know, it also probably helps that he had a, a full runway. He knew this was his gig. He wasn't being thrown into it at the last minute. But I, I listen to Joe Mazzulla talk now, and the depth 
of awareness he has about his team, both analytically and emotionally. I think he's going to know exactly what buttons to push for this team when they need them. And I honestly think the only thing that would derail the Celtics would be a big injury or someone from one of these other very good to great teams out there having an epic performance. Other than that, this team has been by far and away the best team in the NBA this season. Very well said. He's in for a big weekend, ladies and gentlemen. 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight on ESPN. It's the Celtics hosting the Mavericks. And then Sunday, 12.30 p.m. on ESPN Radio. It's the Mavericks at the 76ers. Ryan Rucco, ESPN on NBA. Kind enough to join us here. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Thank you, Ryan. We know it's a busy time. We know it's a busy weekend. We appreciate you taking some time for us. You got it. Happy to join anytime. This might be, it's not hyperbole, this might be the best weekend of the NBA season so far. Games are starting to mean something, and we've got a lot of key matchups with a lot of star players. Let's make a few bucks while we're at it. we got some pizza money coming up for you next. Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, including on SiriusXM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Okay, couple basketball plays for you. They're from the same game, and it's tonight. It's the New Orleans Pelicans hosting the Indiana Pacers. We're going to play the Pelicans in the first quarter, which is minus one and a half, and then we're going to play the Pelicans for the full game, which is minus five and a half. These two just played each other Wednesday in Indiana. Indiana blew the doors off the Pelicans, beat them by 16 points in the first quarter, smashed them, ran them out of the building. Traditionally, when you see things like that, and then these two teams meet the next night or a couple nights later, there might be a bit of revenge in store. Enter the New Orleans Pelicans, who are one of the best first quarter teams in the NBA. Number four in the NBA in first quarter scoring differential. Number seven in first quarter scoring differential at home. The Pacers have struggled throughout the course of the season in the first quarter, so we're going to make two bets here. 
Number one is that the Pelicans are going to beat the Pacers by more than a point and a half in the first quarter tonight, and then we're going to lay the five and a half for the full game, Pelicans over Pacers. All right. Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We've been talking about this for most of the day. Is it hyperbole, Mr. Neitzel, to say that this might be the biggest weekend of the NBA season? I don't think it's hyperbole because we're starting to get to that point now that we've flipped that calendar over to March. It's time for a lot of these teams to start showing something. It's it's time for the Lakers to, okay, you've won a couple of games, great. You needed overtime to beat the Wizards. Are you a serious team? We're about to find out because the Nuggets seem like they're a serious team. We're going to have that game to take a look at this weekend. The Warriors, they're deciding, okay, we need to make this push. They've made some changes with their lineup. They've got Klay Thompson coming off the bench. Going against the best team with team with the best record in the NBA and the Celtics. How serious are you about trying to climb out of that play-in tournament and getting into one of those top six seeds in the Western Conference? And those are just two of the plethora of games that are available this weekend. The games in the regular season are starting to mean more, which means these games are going to be wildly entertaining. Just to give you some of the schedule, tonight, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN, it's the Mavs at the Celtics. We're awaiting word on Luka Doncic. Celtics were about a nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Hopefully, Luke is able to go tonight. It's a big weekend for the Celtics. They have the Warriors at home on Sunday as well. Warriors are going to play the Raptors tonight, so that's going to be a real tough spot for them in Boston on Sunday. Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC and ESPN, ESPN Radio, that is, Nuggets at the Lakers. LeBron, nine points shy of 40,000 career points. Recently spoke to the media about what 40,000 points would mean to him. No one has ever done it. For me to be in, in this position at this point in time in my career, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Does it sit like at the, one of the top of my things I've done in my career? No, but does it mean something? Of course, absolutely. Why wouldn't it? To be able to accomplish things in this league, the greatest players to ever play in this league, the NBA, and this has been a dream of mine, and to uh, hit feats and, and have milestones throughout my career, they all mean something to me, absolutely. Obviously, there's a, a pecking order of you know, which comes, which ones is higher than others, but yeah, absolutely. I, w- I would be lying to you if I said no, it doesn't mean anything, because it absolutely does. Okay, here's the big question regarding this, and this okay. might only be the big question for this specific show, because a lot of people will say 40,000 points, what does it mean, how does it compare to Jordan? That's not what we're doing. When LeBron gets to 40,000 points and he's nine short and it's against the Nuggets this weekend, does he stop the game? No, we can't stop the game. Well, I didn't say we. I didn't say we. If you go back <laughs> you and look he, at when he when he broke Kareem's record, yeah. it appeared to me, and I might be out over my skis here, it appeared to me that he stopped the game. Because I watched Caitlin Clark the other night set a hell of a record <laughs> and no one li- allowed her to stop the game. She had to get back, on D. Get back on D. She got right back on defense. There was, there was no, no celebrating at all. The good news for her, she didn't have that that far to run back from to D because right. I mean she pulled up just over the half court line. It wasn't That's that true. far to get back on defense. What a shot! Uh, LeBron no. appeared to have stopped that game. Sure, security was called out by him. His family was called out. It felt as if no matter what anyone thought, uh, it didn't matter. LeBron was bringing him out, and if you looked at the score bug, you would have noticed there was only about twelve seconds left in the quarter. So they could have just played out the quarter and then had the big celebration. But no, no, no. And I'm wondering now, does LeBron stop the game for 40,000 points? No, he can't stop it for 40,000 points. The, the record, breaking Kareem's record, I get it. I remember when Cal broke the record, Cal Ripken Jr., like they stopped that game so he could take a victory lap around the stadium in Baltimore. Big milestones like that where you're breaking someone's record, yes. But, I mean, if we're stopping it at 40,000 career points, 
why aren't we stopping it at every every bucket LeBron gets? Because technically that's breaking the record, right? It's a new record every time he scores as the all-time leading scorer. Imagine, so we could just stop it any time we want it. Imagine that when he gets to the line for two free throws, he hits one, stop the game, everyone celebrates a new record, goes back to the line, hits the second free throw, stop the game, new record. Like, no, that's you good. got your one time. You got your one time to stop it. We don't stop it anymore going forward. Imagine if they didn't stop it when Ripken broke the record. Like, everyone's watching this game. It gets to what? What did it have to get to? The fifth inning for that to yeah. count? It gets yeah. to the fifth, and then they just keep playing. And everyone's waiting. Orioles go on. They lose the game 4-2. <laughs> and, like, that's that. Everyone's just like, after the game, there's a bit of a media scrum. What did it mean to you to break the hardest record to break in the history of sports? Uh, you know, I, it hadn't even really crossed my mind as it was happening. You know, despite the banners being unfolded and everyone going crazy. That was a... To you, is that the all-timer that'll never be topped? Because there's this conversation comes out every now and again, like the records that'll never be broken. You got to figure that's the one, right? Yeah, especially in this day and age. No, it's there's there's no chance because just about every big leaguer's taken off Sunday at this point, or one of the Sundays, like Sundays day games, guys are taking off all the time. No, that's that is never falling. Although I'll tell you this too, whatever LeBron finishes at. That's going to be hard for anyone to touch, too. Oh, the points? He, yeah. Yes, because he got the head start of 18. Mm-hmm. Right now, you can only come into the league at 19, or you have to be a year out. So maybe they change that back, but still, for him to be this efficient, this deep in his career, like that could also be untouched. Yeah, and he's been healthy for a large portion of his career stacking stack numbers. Um, oh, my God. Trying to get past that would be... I, I I shudder to think baseball now. If I see a guy played 150 games, I'm like, look at that season, 150 <laughs> games. I mean, this guy played. Oh, did you see that this guy played 150 games this year? So yeah, he had 12 days off plus the other days off. Totally irrelevant to me. 150 games is like a huge threshold. And then for Ripken, it was just you know every game for 20 years, 10 years, whatever the hell it was. I don't. Not know. even one oblique injury. Yeah, not one injury. Game nights. So thanks as always for filling in. I'm Joe Fortenball. Freddie and Harry are coming up next. Carlin versus Joey ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.